Across the U.S., quarantines and shelter-in-place are being lifted. That means you can get back to the gym or visit your favorite restaurant. But what about your favorite music venue? And what cost has the pandemic had on venue owners? It's Thursday, June 11th, and this is The Current Music News. I'm Jade. And I'm Jay. The New York Times recently polled 511 epidemiologists to see how they're feeling about different activities as we slowly start to get the coronavirus under control. It turns out they're feeling pretty good about things like bringing in the mail without bleaching it uh, or going to the doctor for a non-urgent appointment. Uh, They're a little more hesitant about getting on the bus or going to a restaurant where you dine inside, and they're even more hesitant about going to a wedding or giving a friend a hug. But the thing they are most hesitant to do, the thing they're going to wait the longest before they get to, is seeing sporting events, plays, and, you guessed it, concerts. 64% of epidemiologists said that they're expecting to wait at least a year before they get back to that size of crowd. On one level, it's not super surprising news. News just broke that Coachella is off this year, Lollapalooza is off this year, and it's like, yeah, we know. Still, a study like this is really hard to see for music fans, and especially people whose livelihoods are based on the concert industry. We're seeing restaurants reopen, we're seeing salons reopen, but traditional concerts are not around the corner. And everyone in live music is feeling the pain. Uh, Giant promoter, AEG, they just announced a a major round of layoffs and furloughs and uh, reduced hours and salary reductions. So even with that news, you can kind of expect that AEG and Live Nation, for that matter, they're not going to go out of business before concerts reopen. However, that is might not be the story for independent venues. The National Independent Venue Association says the vast majority of its members, 90%, are going to find it hard or impossible to stay in business past this summer under the current circumstances. So they're pressing Congress for legislation that might be America's last hope of saving its independent venues. And they've got support from a lot of people, including some artists who haven't played small clubs in a while, people like Lady Gaga and Billy Joel. And this isn't just a theoretical worry or fear. Austin, Texas venue Barracuda has permanently closed its doors. They just made this news a couple of days ago. Uh, The 7th Street venue was beloved by locals and by South by Southwest attendees. Full disclosure, the current, we were going to throw parties there uh, during South by Southwest this year before it was canceled. So uh, a venue that's near and dear to our heart. But as talent buyer Dan Holloway said pretty clearly, we can't keep paying rent and have no revenue. Now, we want to pick up our thread from last episode about new music that's relevant right now. Our colleague Andrea Swenson talked to Bob Mould about his new song, American Crisis, and how it cuts even closer to the bone than it did when he wrote it last year. You know, American Crisis, it's it's crazy because those words fell out two years ago, and they just fell out on the page, and I looked at them, and I'm like, uh, I'm not touching these. <laughs> these are the words just the way they are, and none of, you know, and, and to jump up to today as we're talking and things are happening in real time. It's, it's, 
it's not something not something I I wanted to see. Uh, I certainly don't take any uh, joy in having foreseen the country going in this direction. I wish this was not happening, but here we are. You know, so I had American Crisis, and I started writing around that song, um, but. In doing so, in September of last year, I started reflecting back in the way things were in late 1983. Who was I then? You know, I was this 22-year-old kid in Minnesota, and, you know, I was in this punk rock band called Husker Du, and we traveled around the country spreading our message to people. And and things were, you know, th th things back then were tough. You know, I was... I was closeted, gay young man. Uh, I was sort of living in this new world for a couple of years with this gay cancer called GRID and then called AIDS. And, you know, sort of having a hard time figuring out my sexuality and how I, if there was a community for me to fit into and if I felt comfortable in that community, alongside a lot of you know televangelists and people on the right you know sort of the, the the reagan backers at the time you know telling me i'm less than telling me this is god's punishment for who i am and how i live and it you know if all of all of that kind of 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 you know, being, you know, feeling marginalized, you know, feeling less than, you know, I, I was feeling that coming back, you know, during, you know, this, this current administration, you know, it seems as if, you know, the, you know, it seems as if this person was chosen to be the spokesperson for a pretty, you know, far branch of evangelism. And, uh, you know, that's what got this, that's what got the ball rolling. That's the current music news. We've been airing more interviews with artists and other members of the music community. You can hear those on the air and you can also find them archived at thecurrent.org. And to send you out today, uh, we're visiting our friend Lizzo. She hopped on the beatbox machine and uh, sort of soundtracked this dance to actor uh, Liza Koshy. And she was reminding people that it's time to vote and to get out to the ballot box. Hey world, what's up? You know, what's up? Do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is? Do you know what, it's time to vote. It's time to vote. It's time to what? V-O-T-E. It's time to vote.